Seinfeld, the voice is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap, a podcast about nothing. And now, here are the two guys who are former alumni of the Kramerica Industries intern program. I'm Rob Sistrino. Here's Akiva Winokur. Keith, hello! Hello, la la la. <laughs> I'm as slick as an eel. Look at me. La, la, la. Keith, how are you? I'm good. You know, Jerry says that it was supposed to be a butt, not a stomach, that they were talking out of. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. He said that in the inside look. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, the butt, like this, the butt may have made this an iconic episode. Jerry is such a G comedian, Mm -hmm. like G rated comedian, that in the inside look, he he won't even say the word butt. He like alludes to it. It's like it was supposed to be like coming out of another place. He's like, but I thought it would be too, like, bawdy. Like, Jerry won't say the word butt. That's crazy. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, they did do some risque stuff on Seinfeld. Right. But maybe he didn't write it. Maybe he was just, like, too big of a chicken to say, like, nah, I'm not doing that. Right. You can blame it but, on But, like, Larry. if you look at his stand-up, there's no bad words in it. Right. So, yeah, that's the thing, that this was not supposed to be a voice coming out of the stomach. This was based on the real-life story of a friend of the podcast, uh, Spike Ferenstein. Uh, is he a friend of the podcast? Yeah, he answered your Twitter. Uh, yeah, that's true. He answered my tweet. Ago. Yes, he's, yeah. he's a good friend of the podcast. <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, well, uh, I mean, how many other people are answering questions of ours? Uh, very few. Most are ignoring and blocking. Yeah. And so I guess the real life story was that he was keeping himself awake at night thinking of that his girlfriend's butt was talking to him. Yep. Yes. Uh, And that ultimately it becomes uh, Jerry's girlfriend's stomach here in The Voice as we also have uh, the iconic Kramerica Industries also in play. He even names the girlfriend. I would like to like, I don't know if he's like married or anything, but like it would be funny if like her like Twitter profile would be like the actual butt behind like the hello voice. Yes. Yes. That should be what at actual butt. Actual butt. And she'd be verified as the actual butt. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that that is the case. But here we are. The second episode of season nine written by the aforementioned Spike. Yeah. Spike Ferriston of uh, most. You know, most notably soup Nazi fame, but Mm -hmm. a lot of other fame, too. Okay. All right. And uh, this is, of course, back from October 2nd, 1997, uh, beginning the final Seinfeld October. Keeve, how's everything going in your world? In my world, it's going well. Um, I actually just got a uh, an email from my mom right before we came on. Mm -hmm. And she's at work and uh, she's never seen Seinfeld before. She was wearing a shirt and people started like coming to her office She's like the principal of a school and like the teachers were sort of like making fun of her. And apparently she's wearing a puffy shirt. Yeah, I, I saw the picture. I can verify. Yeah, I, so I, I can I'll post it in the uh, in the comments or maybe I'll send it to Scott or somebody. And you, it could be in the show notes on the Post Show Recaps website. But it is a true puffy shirt. She really got uh, suckered into wearing. <laughs> OK, uh, and somebody asked her to wear it or she did this of her own. No, motion. I think she just thought it was like fashion forward to wear a puffy shirt. Maybe they're coming back. The pirate look. She she would, you know, like consider herself like a very trendy like dresser. So it's possible it's coming back. Your mom is going to be the first pirate. She's going to be the well, the second pirate. Like she'll be the next first pirate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Old is new. Pirate shirts coming back. So can't wait for that. Uh get your pre-order your puffy shirts now. Uh minor correction. Yes. This is uh we usually wait like a half hour to start getting things wrong. 
Uh, the the butt voice is Spike Ferriston's, but he didn't write the episode. He was just oh. the, the idea for the butt. It was it's actually the the Curb Your Enthusiasm gang of Berg, Schaefer, and Mandel. Okay, sorry about that. I mean, no, I would have made the same mistake too because the whole inside look is just Spike Ferriston talking about how this was his idea and everything. Yeah, about his idea, but he's not the writer of the episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, so that happened to him. He was not the writer of the episode. Okay, so uh, he really should have like sued the WGA. Like maybe that's what the writer strike was over. Yeah, like this, people are having like girlfriends butt this, ideas this one that we averted <laughs> yeah and like not getting credit for like ideas that they you know people are stealing them out of their mouths okay uh or their butts right yeah or their butts yeah, I should have said that. I'm yeah. and uh keith what a week this is uh across all of the rhap post show recaps uh networks after that this is the first of two podcasts we're recording together this week hopefully i mean but it'll be the second for most people in terms of how they listen to it yeah, I mean, but maybe, like, you never know. Like, I, I never count my chickens before they hatch. Like, I could, you know, who knows what could happen. Who knows what could happen. All right, so uh, a lot of heave coming your way uh, this week. All right, let's get into uh, going back to George at Play Now, because uh, last week we got to see George starting at Play Now, and I think I was a little unsure in terms of how I was going to remember how this story ended, and we really picked things up. I guess uh, the day after the last episode where George's boss saw him pick up the uh, scooter and the, the rascal scooter and like run off with it. And now George's boss knows you're not really handicapped, are you? Yeah, similar to some season four episodes, this is like a soft two-part episode. Right. And apparently George has signed a one-year contract with Play Now, and they want to get rid of him, but they can't. This is almost like the inverse of George is trying to get fired from the Yankees, that George's place of employment is trying to do everything they can to get him to quit, but he won't. Right. I th- Yeah, it is, it is pretty like similar in an opposite way of that. That's yeah. true. And so the, what's with this contract? I mean, listen, he was in demand. He was a, you know, a former like Yankees executive. And, you know, they made him a, they made him an offer. I mean, yes, he had no like uh, experience in this field, but they make him an offer and they, you know, they needed to lock down Costanza. They, they offered him a lot of money. Yeah. So this one year contract, uh, you would think that for play now, couldn't they just buy him out and have him go away? Like, I mean, what, what are they paying him a year? 1997. I'm going to say he's got his own bathroom. I'm going to say 180 grand. Wow. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, it's have your own bathroom. No, he only has his own bathroom because he's handicapped, right? Not necessarily because he's an executive. So right. maybe a little less. Okay. Um, but yeah, it is. We- but they do try and buy him out, like during the course of the episode. Well, they try to buy him out for six months. Right. And he that's a buyout, though. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, key. If you, by the way, if if you know, like the so like similar sort of buyout thing. Like, so ESPN laid off like a lot of yes. famous employees this week. Yes. Or last. Week. I listened to you and, and Chester discuss this on the Thirty Two Fans podcast. And so people were asking why, why, you know, some of the people they fired had five years left on their contract and they're paying every dollar of the contracts. They're guaranteed contracts. This is on air talent. Mm-hmm. And so people said, why do you think that they're doing that? A lot of people offered to work for free and they would not even incur, incur expenses. Like, I'll work for free. I won't charge anything. Like, literally, it's just like a free employee that you know is good mm-hmm. and they said no to all of them yeah and i think the reason is because they want because because they can't work now like yes they're making money but now they're gonna like have to sit home all day for five years and then like how do you get a job if you're like 45 you haven't worked in five years and like unless you're like a superstar oh you're asking why the people wanted to work for free no so i'm saying it's similar to 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 the george thing like 
they were they're trying to make it like so miserable that they offer to buy themselves out that mm-hmm. people say like buy you know i you know it's, you owe me a million dollars over the next five years i'll take three hundred thousand now but you'll let me work mm-hmm. so i think that's you know that's like a buyout sort of thing okay well we can get into more about this contract as we go along but that's sort of setting the stage for this uh george storyline which in monks he is explaining to jerry about how he has private access to the toilet and he says that, you know, they have to pay him because he has this contract. So uh, he is uh, really dug in on staying at play now. I mean, it's just a stubborn thing. Like he hates working. So he just, you know, he doesn't want to he doesn't he wants to get the upper hand here. Yes. And this is the first appearance of we get the voice of hello. Hello. Keith, do you like the voice? I like the voice. I, you know, if we had it for 108 episodes, it would get annoying. But I, I, I like the idea of like this inside joke that we're in on here. Yeah, I do like the voice. I think it was funnier from my memory than it was uh, actually doing it in the episode. I hear you, but listen, the, you know, it's not the first time you're watching the episode. You're, we're always sort right. of like viewing things on a harsher. Curve. Like I think it's more fun to do the voice than it is to see Jerry and George doing the voice in the episode. Right. Some of the Seinfeld things like it's funny on the show, but when you say it in real life, it's not as funny. Whereas this, it's like even funnier to do in person with your friends. Right. The the only time during the episode that I thought it was really funny when they're doing the voice was the last scene that they're talking about Jerry's girlfriend uh, getting hit with the ball of oil. I just got beaned with a giant ball of oil. Uh, I do like that at the end of the episode. But the times that they're doing it during the episode, uh, you know, them doing it wasn't really making me laugh. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And so Elaine is there. They're saying hello to Elaine. And she's like, no, no, no. Explain this to me. What are you you guys doing? And they warn her that it's stupid. And then they explain that Jerry's girlfriend, when when she falls asleep, he imagines that her belly button is talking to him. Uh, Yeah. And Elaine realizes right away that she walked into a trap. Yes. She's like, "Uh, I got to take these stupid warnings more seriously. We get the first appearance of Putty here in this episode. Of course, we saw him last week on the airplane. Him and Elaine had broken up. Putty comes into Monks. Is this a party foul on Putty's part here? Is he trying to run into Elaine? Is this just like bad form? He's got to know that Elaine is at the coffee shop 24-7 with Jerry. I think if you're looking for one of the core four... It just makes sense to go to the, the to monks and assume that they're there. So I don't know if it's a party foul. It's just like I assumed you'd be here. It's like going to someone's house, basically. But they broke up. So is he looking for her? I think so. He's is looking he for her. Cruising? Is he looking for Elaine? Is this a booty call? I think it's more of like a "What's our status right now?" type of call. Yeah. Uh, he asks, "How are you?" He calls her Bennis. Yeah. I, it's funny because she calls him David, even though his name on the show, like canonically, is kind of putty. Mm-hmm. What do you think about guys calling girls by their last name? Uh, I feel like it's a little forced. Right. It's like you're trying to be cool. You're trying to like pretend like you're in the friend zone when really you're not trying. It's to like be you're trying to zone. pretend like you're in a movie or a TV show. Like I feel yeah, like that it bit. doesn't really <laughs> happen in the practical world. Right. What percentage of women want to be called by their last name? I feel like very few. Mm, Kelly Wentworth. Um, a lot of times if a girl wants to be called by their last name, it's because they have like a common name and there's like it's a school, you know, it's a class and there's six girls named Sarah in the class and they're trying to distinguish themselves. Right. Not many. Not many. So. But do women I'm trying to like do women call women by their last names 
more commonly than men do? I'm I wouldn't sure. think so. We've never heard a conversation between two women, so yeah. we're just going to have to guess. Yeah. yeah. Believe me, my wife does not want to be called by her uh, last name. Even her, her, by her, her maiden her, name? Well, her maiden name, she probably would prefer that. Uh, right. She, but, you know, she probably does not want to be called by my last name. No, I don't think, I don't even think she'll turn around. If you just hollered like Sester Nino, she's not turning around. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Okay. You called her Mrs. Sesternino. I feel like that's not getting her attention. No, no. You'd probably uh, get her attention because you'd make her mad. Right. So Elaine and Putty are on friendly enough terms, and Jerry is predicting that this is going to turn into a relationship backslide. Yeah, I believe the uh, title of the episode was supposed to be The Backslide, and it eventually became The Voice. Yeah, I think The Voice is better. Yeah, what's The back Like, Backslide is uh, is like a little bit of a vague name in like the... If you were just like in season three and we're like, hey, an episode, the backslide, mm-hmm. you'd be like, what's the backslide? Yeah. And so Jerry ends up making an analogy. He says that breaking up is like knocking over a Coke machine. You can't do it in one push. You got to rock it back and forth a few times before it goes over. George says that's beautiful. Yeah, it is. I, it is sort of like I have kids and like they're always, you know, you, they pass like, a, um, you know, one of these vending machines. And like it, the, the saddest thing is when a kid's thing gets stuck and you're like trying to like move it up and down and have the thing fall. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about like in the actual vending machine. In the actual Coke machine where you're like trying to get it to fall. And then it's like, do I throw more good money after bad? And like, is that going to get stuck too? Or is it going to knock both down? Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's very sad when a kid doesn't get their thing out of the machine. <laughs> it's a sad story. And then who do you call? You're at like a vending machine. You're in like a hospital or something. Yeah. Like, you just start like you running do? into it. I, yeah, yeah. But then you're going to get like put in jail. You know, you're in like a public place. Right. You're going to like break the vending machine to get your, you know, ice cream or your Diet Coke or something. Mm-hmm. No, you just keep, keep putting more money in. It's like a skill crane. And now it's credit cards. And I feel like, you know, like it's not even registering and it's just charging half the time nowadays. Yeah. Anyway, so Jerry and Elaine make a bet. Elaine wants to bet $50. $50. Uh, George is going to be the witness, uh, and he wants a percentage on this bet. Yeah, I don't think witnesses to bets get percentages. No. Okay. Um, we see Jerry with this date. Uh, Claire is her name. I'm not sure how many times it's said in the episode, but Jerry is now throwing out his belt. Was it only last week? Was it in the season premiere that Jerry was just throwing out his shoelaces because they touched? Yes. Uh, is this a running gag here in season nine? Yeah, this is a running gag now, correct. Okay, I don't think I ever noticed it in the real time, but uh, what, Jerry's just going to be throwing out a different article of clothing every week? Well, I think it's just because it's a two-parter here. It's like, you know, showing that we're sort of still on the same, obsessing over the same thing. But does he throw out more things? I don't think he does. What's funny is that it is a two-parter that, like you said, is um, maybe just one day after, like, the last episode ends, this episode begins. And, of course, Jerry still has to have, like, a new gorgeous girlfriend. Right, right. He didn't know who this woman was yesterday. But now uh, here she is. And so Kramer comes in, hello. And uh, he is um, he's mad that they're redoing the Cloud Club. That was his idea. Yeah, th- th- right. He had the idea to for this restaurant that he has no business, you know, like he has no business with to uh, renovate. Yeah. Sounds like Donald Trump may have owned the Cloud Club at some point in the 90s. It seems like something that uh, some Manhattan real estate uh, locale that could be, uh, you know, seems like he'd be interested in. Elaine comes in. Uh, she does the voice. 
Why does Elaine show up at Jerry's house? Now, obviously, she is hiding the fact that she had a one-night stand. Or I guess it's not a one-night stand with Putty. But she went back to Putty's house, and she's doing the walk of shame. She made a bet with Jerry. She seems to be hiding the fact that, that she hooked up with Putty. Does she secretly want to get caught? It's weird, right? Like, it, all she has to do is go home and shower and, you know, then come over. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Like, if she's trying to win the bet, then it doesn't make sense why she's coming over here. Like, does Putty live closer to jerry's place that she's sort of stopping by on the way home i don't know that we don't know and so she's trying to hide the fact and jerry is sort of like picking up your hair's not that poofy and uh, you're wearing the same clothes and eventually jerry busts her she says it was an isolated sexual incident uh yeah it won't happen again it won't happen again jerry says isolated sexual incident uh this isn't cinemax there are no isolated sexual incidents yeah does that reference still hold up do you have Cinemax? I don't have it. The, cin- the Cinemax, like, they still, like, you know, like, after, like, late at night, they still show some uh, adult films. I-, I can't say with certainty, uh, Keeve. I-, I believe it's true. I believe that's the case. Yeah. If we have any cable uh, TV yeah, experts I can't. I can't say with 100% certainty, but I, I think that's... Yeah, if that if like, anybody has the full cable package, yeah. you could let us know. Yes. Nobody, like, specifically requests Cinemax. That has to, like come with hbo or come with with showtime well this is how they get you with cinemax is that they always like when you like call your cable company or satellite like uh hey do you want three months of cinemax for free i was like okay sure but then and then you don't realize <laughs> and then you have it for like uh you know 12.99 a month forever and, and then at some point you just get like why is my cable bill three hundred dollars and then you call up and you cancel and they say, hey, but do you want Showtime for free for three months? Is there anything worse than like getting a bill for, let's say you like intended to cancel some sort of Netflix type thing? Yeah. And you thought you did and then you didn't. Like I got I got like a, a two bills for the WWE Network last month mm-hmm. and I was so mad. Like it was only nine ninety nine, but it was like I would have been less mad if I just like threw a thousand dollars in the shredder. <laughs> <laughs> like, like why does Vince McMahon need my extra nine ninety nine? Because I forgot to click a button. Yeah. And they make it so hard for you to cancel all those things. Yeah, everything. They, there's like double negatives in the question. Like, are you sure you don't want to cancel? Like, give us eight reasons and a short essay why you need to cancel. <laughs> Can you give us 500 series? words on why you're canceling? <laughs> okay. Like, you need a passport photo. Like, And if you have the bad picture, they send it back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, Elaine also says that she had dinner with Putty. And Jerry says, uh, that's it. That's officially you're back together. You're all the way back. Dinner is like an hour. Yeah. No, if you had dinner, it's much different than a one night stand. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Elaine has uh, lost uh, round one of this bet, seemingly. And uh, Kramer is also upset that uh, in the newspaper, they Toyota is doing 2.9% financing, which was his idea. Kramer's upset. He feels like that all of the little things during the day are slowing him down. And it's taking away his focus from accomplishing the big ideas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He is he's spending too much time worrying about you know minor problems and not enough on big picture things like helping other companies he doesn't work for yeah he has said that laundry grocery shopping coming in here talking to you do you realize how much time i waste in this apartment so kramer is uh worried about sort of streamlining everything yeah okay uh we get a montage of george just being harassed at his office uh yeah george he gets a, he gets a couple go to hells that he gets a repeat go to hell i mean technically is, is it a montage uh, that or is it just uh different scenes it's well i think it's i think it's just back to back to back i think it's all maybe one cut yeah <laughs> all right uh jerry ends up coming home and we are introduced to darren the intern at kramerica industries yeah i like this darren 
Yeah, he's very good. Yeah, I almost wish we saw more of Darren. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't really have any character traits other than he is a real go-getter. He wants to uh, work for Kramer. And that's really it. I think he's fine. He's like the perfect intern character. Yeah, I think he would be like there was definitely other things they could have done with him. Like if it was a running gag in season nine that Kramer had an intern, I think it would have been funny. Right. Uh, Certainly could have testified at the court case. Yeah, I mean... You know, we should really discuss that now, like as we and we have been like, you know, we've mentioned a lot of people that really should be involved in the proceedings in the final episode. I'd say that Darren has a little bit of a case or a lot of case. I mean, he goes to jail by the end of the he episode. He goes to jail for them. For but a long like, he time, was at they least say. complicit. And also like he is at least like he might think he's coming out and going back to work as Kramer's intern. Like he's really loyal to the cause. This Claire has a bigger case than almost anybody. Yeah, that she gets this ball of oil dropped on her head. And they were making fun of her. Yes, yes. Okay, so here's Darren, and uh, Kramer's, like, showing him around Jerry's apartment. It's funny because Jerry walks in, and then Kramer tells Darren, oh, that's Jerry. Uh, don't, you don't need to pay attention to him. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just love the idea of, like, this, like, eager guy who thinks Kramer is just, like, this great boss. Yeah. So Kramer sends Darren back to uh, go work on Kramer's mail, and Kramer explains that Darren is a real go-getter. He's an intern from NYU. Yeah, and the truth is I have heard more of this. I don't know if you've noticed this also. Like, every, like, podcast and blog, they have some intern getting college credit nowadays. Yeah. How do you do that? I don't know. Do you don't have any of those people getting college credit? No, I never have anybody that's getting uh, college credit. That uh, a lot of times uh, the people they were they're interns, but they they really just want to be like hosts of the podcast. Your interns want to be hosts of the podcast, right? Like there's there's not a lot of people that are like, uh, oh yeah, I just want to do the stuff that's not fun and take that off your plate. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's like a lot of people um, that are like, all right, I'm an intern, so when do I host a show? Okay. I mean, that's how I started. People don't know. I was like. I, I I said, you know, one week I offered to check Rob's email. The next week, I'm like, we're going to talk about Seinfeld for the next 180 weeks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So going back. I, I'm really way behind on your email, actually. I'm going to have to. The second. My problem is when we're done with this podcast, I'm afraid I'm going to have to go back to interning for you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> 21 weeks or something like that. All right. Um. So Kramer references Kramerica Industries. Now, Kramerica Industries, it was mentioned uh, one time before, right, Keith? Yes, it was mentioned in Mail on Bonding. Okay. The best thing to come out of Mail on Bonding. The, the only thing to come out of Mail on Bonding. And so uh, NYU uh, is enthusiastic about their students getting real-world corporate experience. Uh, Jerry says that Kramer can only provide fantasy world corporate experience. <laughs> Okay, so Kramer explains that Kramerica Industries is going to be working on a bladder for oil tankers. This does seem like a good idea, Keeve, and it seemingly was never put into practice by big oil. No, it, it does seem, I don't know anything about oil or bladders, but like it does seem like it's a good idea. Seems like it would be a good idea, yet uh, we are still having maritime oil spills. I mean, I haven't heard of one in a while, but yeah, I think they're still going on. Yeah, I think it still happens. Maybe there's some sort of an issue with uh, the Kramer oil bladder uh, where maybe there's some sort of way where it's uh, not actually feasible. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like the oil industry, I don't know. They get a bad rap. I feel like they're doing some good work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, the phone rings and George calls up and uh, he is now 
in a siege mentality. He's holed up in his office, but he's feeling invigorated about it. Right. He's in like a worse office than before, I think. Right. Or like a deskless office at the like his office without his desk and some of the amenities. Yeah. First, he describes it like that he's in uh, Hitler's bunker, Hitler's last days. Uh, and then he also describes himself as being like a weed. They can't get rid of him. And Jerry's confused. Which metaphor is it like? <laughs> right. He's a weed in Hitler's bunker. Okay. Uh, Jerry actually has him walk back the Hitler stuff. Yeah, it is It is like out of nowhere that he's just like randomly bringing it up. But it's also like, you know, Jerry like knocks it down right away. Right. Uh, Jerry gets a call from Darren who wants to set up a lunch at Monk's. I do love the like the Darren just calling and like making these like earnest appointments like from two feet away right i mean this is something in season nine here where we talked about last week where we're gonna just play with everything here in season nine and so this is a fun way to be able to get into that of just like going down to monks that why don't we have like an assistant calling up jerry and asking to set that up and so the assistant also asks uh, do you need directions uh and then he's gonna call back in five minutes to confirm did i have i discussed on the podcast the time i uh put an assistant job on the internet no so i could get a personal assistant no yeah i i posted on a craigslist um and i got like five six hundred applicants in a few days before i took it down mm-hmm. um i i felt kind of bad because people were sending me their resume mm-hmm. even though i was not giving giving like i mean i i wanted to give it the job but i i was like just out of college and i was paying a thousand dollars a week for like i didn't even like have a job yet so i don't know why i need an assistant i just thought it'd be like a funny thing to maybe make a video of like us interviewing people at my friend's office but i you know i ended up getting a job and not going through with like the actual interviews so you were gonna just hire a, a random person just to be your assistant to be my assistant and i said that i worked in uh the television and book industry okay which was true because i worked on a tv show once a week and i worked i wasn't in a hiring position but i worked there and i uh, and I was an English teacher, so I I, I worked in the book world. Technically, yes. <laughs> and that I mean, uh, you were gonna be able to sell this to somebody. I mean, six hundred people. Like, well, we're gonna do it in a nice, my friend's like nice office, so it wouldn't have been like they were coming and they thought they were gonna get murdered. Like, we're actually gonna you know do it or pay people for their time or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We didn't work it out that well, but once in a while, I'll, like, be searching through my old emails and I'll find like old resumes from people. I'm like, oh, I hope that person found a job better than like my personal assistant. Yeah. So Elaine comes over. Uh, Jerry wants his money. And Elaine says, no, no money uh, that she and Putty are not going out. They're, they are putty free. Yeah. So wait, so she has not paid even the first part of the bet yet. I'm yes. trying to keep track of the bets here. Yes. I mean, they start coming up fast and furious uh, later on in the episode. Uh, so Elaine is going to come for lunch, uh, and Jerry calls up Darren and says, this is Jerry from Jerry's office. He wants uh, a third for lunch. And uh, then uh, Darren says that Kramer has already left, and Kramer walks in and sees Elaine, that she's going to lunch. And I love that Kramer sees that it's a third person for lunch, and he just starts yelling at Darren. Yeah, it's laugh out loud funny. It's really good. Uh, so funny. Okay. Uh, let's go back to, uh, Elaine's house and she is contemplating calling David Putty. Thirsty Elaine. Yeah. Uh, Elaine has never really been thirstier than this episode. Right. Right. And Putty is a pretty dreamy guy. Oh, no, definitely. He's a, he's a good looking guy. I feel like they have some chemistry. It, it makes sense. Yeah. And so that she has a pair of gloves. I don't know why she has a pair of gloves on October 2nd, but it could be chilly. 
It could, it could, or it could be like fashion gloves. Doesn't fashion it? gloves. It could be those fingerless gloves or something. Right. And she's thinking about calling him because she thinks she left her gloves at his place, but no, the gloves are right there. And she's, oh, I should call him because that's a funny story. Yeah, listen, you could, you never, you don't need an excuse to call this fella. He'll, you know, he'll pick up. That's fine. Okay. Uh, so we go to Monks and we see George and Jerry. George is explaining how they turned up the heat. They're sandblasting his office for six hours. And then tomorrow they're putting in asbestos. Yeah, I love that's a good joke. That's like a good aside also. Yes. Putting in asbestos. Yes. And then uh, we end up uh, seeing that, uh, you know, uh, that Darren is there also. Uh, that he is taking notes on the meeting because uh, that Kramer has a meeting with Lomez. Yeah, Lomez. No, a bunch of Lomez re- mentions recently. Yeah, Lomez is the new Bob Sacamano. And uh, Kramer comes in and uh, Jerry and George are doing the voice. And so uh, Kramer wants to know what he missed. Yeah, this uh, to me, this is this is like really funny. I really like this this part here. Yeah, they do a good job with everything with Darren in this episode. And so uh, Jerry and George were debating whether Iron Man wore a some sort of bodysuit underneath the uh, Iron Man suit. Yeah. Does that mean anything to you, Keith? Do you watch those Iron Man movies? I think I saw part of the first Iron Man, but I'm, I'm at least familiar enough with the costume. Like, he's got to wear something, like something at least light under the, like, pajama type. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like I a, mean, Robert Downey Jr. definitely does not come out of the Iron Man suit naked. No, but even in in the movie, like, in the in the, in the the movie itself, like, he's definitely wearing clothes under there. Oh, you, yeah, If you were wearing, like, full clothes, it would be too heavy, but, like, you don't want your stuff rubbing up against the Iron Man suit. That's insane. Right. Right. Um, I just I don't think I knew what Iron Man was before the Robert Downey Jr. Iron right. Man. He wasn't famous then. It's like a weird it's probably only for comic book people back then who would know what he, what he was talking about even. Right. And so George is arguing that he is naked in the Iron Man suit. Um, then Darren is giving a full readout of the meeting. And he says, then Jerry went to the restroom and George scooped ice out of Jerry's drink with his bare hands to wash up and said, this never happened. And what a snitch Darren is. How could he repeat this whole thing? Right. Do you think, is this funnier that Jerry is throwing away a belt because it brushed up against a urinal and George is washing his hands in his water? Yeah, I think uh, they're setting it up by saying he's a germy, you know, a few scenes ago. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so we go back to Jerry's apartment and we see Jerry in bed with Claire and he's laughing about the voice and he makes the ill-fated decision to tell her, Keeve, have you ever done this? Has there been something that you think is funny that you end up telling your wife against your better judgment and then you tell her and then she gets mad? Oh, yeah. I'm sure it happens all the time and I always regret it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Uh, this happens a lot also. Um, Sometimes like uh, this will happen also not necessarily something funny, but it will be where like I've seen a bug and then I end up telling my wife and then uh, the next thing I know, she's like calling like nine exterminators. Yeah, it's it's a good rule for life. Ask yourself before you tell anybody anything. Say, like, what is the positive expectation of this conversation? Like, if I tell them, are they going to laugh? Are they going to be annoyed at me? Are they going to be annoyed at another person? Like, don't give out any information unless, like, there is an end goal to it. Right. Sometimes, like, the kids say or do something funny, and then uh, I'm like, oh, should I tell her? Should I not tell her? And then it's always like, you know, I never once say, oh, I'm glad I told her that. No. Yeah, no. Don't (laughs) tell anybody anything. That's my philosophy. No. Only on podcast. Yeah, because nobody's listening who we don't want to listen. The people who like don't like us are not listening. Yeah, there's too many hours of this for anybody to hate listen to this. 
Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I, I always thought the hate listening stuff was fake. Like the famous Howard Stern line where like people listen who like him listen for an hour. People who hate him listen for four hours. Like, no, nobody. Someone who hates him is not like buying Sirius XM to listen to Howard Stern. Yeah, uh, I, I do think it does happen sometimes. People listen on like 3X. Yeah, but then you could just say like, no, I never said that. You got you to gotta slow it down. I mean, slow it down. Carefully. Slow it down. Uh, 3X, I think, is for hate listening only. All right. Uh, so this goes very poorly. And uh, he's trying to explain, no, it's just that your stomach is talking and she misconstrues that, oh, you're saying that I'm fat. Um, it, I mean, she is so not fat that like the idea of someone calling her like if someone is really that like, you know, skinny or someone who's like it's like calling someone who's seven feet tall short. Right. And expecting them to get offended. You know, it's absurd. Yes. But this does happen. There are, you know, uh, beautiful women who do think that they're fat. So, uh, that you know, this could sure. be playing into some insecurity that she has. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. And so you think I'm fat. No, 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 no. It's just a voice. So it's just like a jovial voice. He's not helping anything. Uh, He's trying to say it's like a beloved character, like the Kool-Aid guy, which she then hears as is a fat person. And Jerry tries to spin it as though no, he's just uh, bloated. It's just water weight for the Kool-Aid guy. Water weight. Yeah. Not good. Not ideal. I uh, know this. This is the only reason that she comes back to him is because it's not the end of the episode. Yeah. This is like a typical Seinfeld breakup here. Okay. All right. So Darren is also uh, in the mix and uh, that Jerry has to chase him out of the apartment. I was just thinking, like, how many Seinfeld episodes have the scene where, like, a woman leaves in angrily in a huff and Jerry's, like, yelling after her about some understanding but not actually, like, chasing after her? But saying, like, no, it was supposed to be this. Like, there has to be 30, 30 scenes. I don't think show. it's 30, uh, but I'll say it's at least 15. It is, like, it's something that happens so many times. It's funny. It does happen a lot. Okay. And so Kramer also shows up, and Darren lets Kramer know the dean of internships wants a meeting with Kramer. Yes. The, yeah, the, the dean, uh, college deans generally deal with stuff like this, mm-hmm. with Kramerica Industries. Yes, he's heard about this. Uh, and Kramer wants nothing before noon. Um, yeah. Like, I wonder, like, does Darren just, like, hang out there while Kramer sleeps? I, I'm curious, like, what their scenario is in that room. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he sleeps there. I don't think he sleeps there, but is he, like, showing up at nine, punching the clock while Kramer's snoring? Uh, that's possible. Kramer could be sleeping in the hot tub. Uh, that uh, Darren also mentions that the dean is on uh, line two, and we find out that line one is Jerry's phone. Yeah, that's funny. Okay. We then see Elaine and Putty who are talking after another hookup, and uh, Elaine is saying, like, look, we can just see each other, and Putty is talking about how great it is just having sex and not having to buy her stuff and listen to all her stories about work, and then Elaine gets mad and punishes him and says they're getting back together. Yeah, and they have to cuddle. Yeah, I do like he's like, listening to you talk about how you're smarter than everyone at work, like, he is breaking down Elaine. It is pretty funny. Right. Uh, and this is a pretty hilarious idea of that, okay, I'm mad at you. It's not we're broken up. It's like, I'm mad at you. We're back together. Like, right, no, I do wonder if, come like... On. <laughs> I wonder if some, like, hookup has ever done that before. It's like, nope. <laughs> like, we, we're actually in a relationship now. You're punished. Yeah. You're not just going to go back to uh, independent putty. That's right. That's it. All right. Uh, we see George locked out of his office at Play Now. He ends up crawling back into his office through the uh, ventilation shaft and calls uh, Mr. Tomasulo's secretary and says uh, that he is uh, in his office if anybody needs him. Yeah, listen, George is nothing if not determined. Yeah, very fixated on staying in that office. Uh, back at NYU, we see Kramer with Dean Jones. It's a good name, by the way, Dean Jones. Yes, 
And so uh, that Darren has been filling out a journal at his internship and uh, that he has been doing things like mending chicken wire and having high tea with Mr. Newman. <laughs> and then she's very concerned about what Darren is doing there. Because what it looks like to her is that he's hanging out in a messy apartment uh, that may or may not contain a chicken. I do like the And with Darren's help, we'll get the chicken. Yes. Uh, Little Jerry Part 2 uh, could be on the way. And so uh, that she ends up, like, uh, getting mad, and then she also notices that his fly is open. All, all this where we have, like, somebody who is not part of, like, the insane Seinfeld world has an encounter with these characters. Uh, that's always fun. Yeah, because, right, and right, he says this is capricious and arbitrary, and, you th- and for a split second you think, like, ooh, maybe she's going to, like, take his side. And, she, and he stands up, and she just says your fly is open. Yeah, because we have so many crazy characters in the lives of every single person. It's like refreshing when we have somebody who's like a real person. That's like uh, right, a college dean. That's like a normal person who's going to see the core four for what they are, which is a bunch of lunatics. Yes, this is asinine. What the hell are you doing? Okay, uh, so Jerry is back with Claire at his apartment and seems like it's water under the bridge on one condition. As long as Jerry gives up the voice, then she'll get back together with him. Uh, yeah, it seems like a fair enough condition. I don't know why she cares so much about the voice. Like she, she doesn't like be it. in on the voice joke. I think if she was in on the joke from day one, she'd be fine with it. She'd be fine with it. But I do think maybe she has some sort of like body dysmorphia where she has uh, maybe some sort if of she thinks she's fat, issue. like anything's right. on the table for what she thinks better. So. Yeah, I have to say, Claire, if we were ever we're not going to do this, but if we were like ranking the attractiveness of Jerry's girlfriends. She's a very good looking lady. Yeah, I can't disagree. Uh, you know, Jerry's really on fire here. Uh, in uh, between the end of season eight and the start of season nine. And so Jerry tells her he has to think about it. He can't decide right now about the voice. I feel like that should be a message enough for Claire to hit the road. Yeah, but. that should be grounds for dismissal at that point. I think that's a pretty yeah. solid, uh, you know, if you have to think about, would you want me or the voice? So like, can I get back to you on that? That should be the end of the relationship right there. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so Keith, Jerry has a choice to make uh, about keeping Claire or the voice. I mean, is there any joke that's so funny that it would be more if you couldn't do it anymore, it would be worth losing a uh, significant other? I mean, there are jokes that are that funny, but I just don't think this is one of them. Yes. Does Jerry just feel so confident at this point in his dating life where it's that he can uh, get a new girlfriend by the next episode? He doesn't need to worry about it. I think it's more like he knows this won't last, so why even bother with it? Yeah. Like, it's going to be over next week anyway. You may as well have a silly reason to end it. Okay, and then we end up seeing him contemplate. He runs away. We've seen George do this before. We've seen Jerry do it when he was going to get engaged in the season six finale. And then ultimately, we get to the point where he runs to her house and then uh, knocks on her door. And she thinks that Jerry's going to take her back. And he says, hello. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, it all, all in this one one scene, it's it's over. All right. So George comes in and uh, Jerry tries to do hello, la, la, la. And uh, George is a little over it. Yeah. They, they, it's been played, they say. Yeah. And so uh, the, George tells him that, uh, you know, uh, is that all it does? The voice? Is that it? La, la, la. Yeah, like yeah, they, it's funny when like you know Jerry's the comedian here, but they're they're sort of calling him out on like lame humor. Yes, much like Banya last week. It's hacky, 
Uh, Jerry says, no, it can say, hola, hello. <laughs> and uh, George says he thinks he likes the girl better than the boys. It's funny. Like, yeah, I guess like George is sort of saying like, Look at what you got here. This is an incredibly beautiful woman. Who cares about this dumb voice? Right. Uh, so Elaine comes in. Jerry does the voice again. And she's like, still, we're still doing this. Uh, and George is saying, I told you, nobody likes the voice anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elaine gives Jerry money. Says, all right, here you go. I hope you choke on it. Yeah. So this is the first 50. The first 50. That Elaine, yes. that Elaine is lost. If we're counting how much she loses. Okay. And again, Elaine says, uh, that's it. She's breaking up with him again. Jerry doubts it. They go double or nothing, Keeve. Yes. Now, double or nothing, because she gave him the money, it's um, double or nothing means $100. I think the show takes it to mean 50 based on, we'll get back to it later, but I think, you know what I mean? I yes. Think, because she has to borrow $50. Double right. or nothing means that if Elaine loses again, she has to hand Jerry another $50. But if Elaine, right? It, but yeah. it's a hundred dollar bet, right? If anything, the money should not exchange hands. It's almost like okay, Elaine should gets to keep her fifty. She's now made a double or nothing wager with that. If if she wins, then she doesn't have to give Jerry anything. That's the nothing, and then if she loses, that's the double part. She has to give Jerry the hundred dollars, right? So we'll because we'll when we come to later. I think it's tricky. Yeah, and I think that Elaine should probably owe Jerry about $1,500 by the end of the episode. Oh, no question. Yeah. She's essentially a prostitute. She's paying to have sex with Putty. Well, she's paying (laughs) Jerry to have sex with Putty. Yeah, he's the pimp. Yeah, it's not quite, uh, you know, some sort of, like, prostitution relationship. Uh, It's more like a thing where... I don't know exactly what it is where there's like, Keith, I think that uh, Nathan for you tried to do something like this when they were trying to get somebody to lose weight, that they like had like embarrassing pictures of somebody. And if they weren't a certain weight by a certain date, they were going to reveal these embarrassing pictures at their workplace. Right. Yes. They were going to send the pictures or stuff. Yes. That's, that's like revenge porn or something. Yes. It's almost like some sort of like timed revenge porn type thing. Yeah. It's illegal. It's a that's that's illegal, but so is gambling, right? What are you? Are you like a narc, like Darren? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So Elaine ends up leaving after that. Kramer comes in. He's dressed like Jerry, and again, uh, you know, uh, very season nine to have Kramer wearing Jerry's clothes. Yeah. And he even has the shirt tucked in the same way. I think this is pretty funny. He's almost like a Canadian tuxedo, right? He's got like the blue and the blue. Well, Jerry is wearing the same outfit. Yeah, but- the Leno. Yes, he's got like a sort of like a light denim shirt tucked into jeans. And so Kramer can't find anything without Darren around. Right. He can't. I guess he doesn't have Darren's phone number. He can't even ask Darren which cleaners he took his clothes to. Yeah. And then Kramer notices uh, the clock. He was is that clock right? And uh, Jerry says it's nine o'clock. Kramer says that he was supposed to pick Newman up at the zoo 12 hours ago. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you could be off but on 12 hours by something, <laughs> but I guess that's that's Kramer for you. Yeah. So what is it? So it's 9 a.m. He was supposed to pick uh, Newman up at 9 o'clock at night? I don't know. Like, who leaves the zoo at 9 o'clock at night? Yes. And I'm so sure. Jerry ends up trying to do, goodbye, Kramer. And uh, Kramer says, uh, the voice is played. So played. Yeah. If Kramer's not having it, then forget about it. Okay. All right, so uh, Kramer is back in his apartment, and Darren comes knocking at the door, and he says he doesn't care about the internship. He only cares about Kramerica. Yeah, listen, I, you got to love a, a comp- you know, employee who really cares about his company. He believes in the he, cause. Yeah, even though he has no stake in the company and it's not a real company, right. I respect Darren. He was a millennial before there were millennials, Darren. 
why millennials care about their companies. I don't understand what you're saying. Oh, I think that that's uh, they believe in the vision of uh, you know more so than necessarily where that like Generation X might not have cared. Like they'll go work at uh, you know big oil because <laughs> it's a good paycheck. But the millennial, they might take a job at like a, a startup because it's going to change the world, like Kramerica. Okay, that's a beautiful vision. I hear you. Yeah, and so uh, Kramer says, "Yeah, but you you can't work here anymore. What about your internship?" He says, "Go home. Forget about Kramerica," and slams the door in his face. And then a second later, opens it. You're still here. Yeah, it was funny because like normally it's like he slams the door and then like you go running after him. But I like the idea that it's like one one scene here. Yes, and uh, Kramer says, I haven't changed my mind, and slams the door again, and then he opens it again. It's like, well, you are a tenacious little monkey. All right, Kramerica lives. Let's get back to work. <laughs> and then they go right over to Jerry's house and see if they have something to eat. Yeah, that's basically what Kramerica Industries does. Okay. Uh, George is back at play now with Mr. Tomasulo. They try to offer him six months pay to leave. I mean, they hate him so much. Why not just offer him the whole contract? I guess, are they stubborn like George and they don't want to lose either? Potentially. And we don't know how much money he's getting paid. Right. And George says, well, if I stay the whole time, I get 12 months. Right. It's also like George is not doing any work now. Right, right. I don't know why they can't fire him and what sort of ironclad contract this was. Yeah, this he must have had a really good agent. Yeah, Mr. Tomasulo needs to look at these contracts uh, when this is all over. Maybe he had like an MLBPA lawyer, like because those baseball contracts, those you got to pay no matter what. He's got like the Bonilla lawyer or somebody. Yes, yes. You should have got the Bonilla contract. If, if I leave now, you have to send me uh, $1,000 a week forever. You know, remember we had a few people write in for when we discussed famous like celebrities that have very few Twitter followers. So someone wrote in with Bobby Bonilla. has got like 1,200. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because who likes one, him? One for like each million that Mets send him. Right. Like, like, there's no fan base that likes him. No, nobody. He doesn't have – he doesn't have – it's not like he was on an episode of Star Trek and he gets to go to conventions. He's mm-hmm. like hated by everybody. He's hated by all people. <laughs> all right. So uh, that – Thomas Sulo is going to play hardball with George. He gets on the intercom and announces that George Costanza's bathroom is open to all employees. It's crazy that George has still had this bathroom until now. Yeah. I do wonder if part of them wondered if, like, he was actually still handicapped until well, this second. I wonder if the bathroom was in the contract. Uh, that's a good point. Maybe it was. Yeah. But then I don't know what would change necessarily to go ahead and open that up to the staff that was in the contract. I mean, George is really developing a case against play now. He could probably get more money than they owe him even. Yeah. I think he could have like a class action lawsuit. Uh, well, class action. No, probably not class action. No. The, cl- the opposite. Like one person suing a million people. <laughs> <laughs> they could get a class action lawsuit against him if they work to play now. Yeah. And George knows that's his Achilles heel. He even compliments Thomas Sulo. Says, uh, well played. Yeah, no, they were game respect game here. Yeah. So back at Jerry's apartment, we see that Claire is giving him a second chance on the phone. Could you believe that she would give him a second chance? I mean, isn't this kind of like a third chance? I mean, there's a lot of chances during this episode. Yes. And he confirms, yes, our relationship is more important than some silly voice. And George walks in. He's like, hey, we're not doing the voice, right? Yes, it's over. Yeah. I mean, he's willing to throw it away like at a moment's notice. Just tell him he's doing the voice again and the relationship's back over. Yeah. Okay. So Kramer and Darren have a uh, giant barrel of oil that they are rolling down the hallway. Uh, Yeah. I don't know how they got in. Like there should be security guards with George's face on, you know, 
Like that they're letting him just walk around aimlessly. Well, is this is crazy. in the hallway of uh, the of the building. They don't even get to no. uh, play now yet. Right. I'm saying like it's crazy that they get in. It's insane that they're allowed sure. in to play now. Sure. Um, and so they're going to test out the oil bladder. Uh, George wants to know would a giant rubber ball work. He can get one from play now to test out the oil bladder. Do you know? Do you know the the baseball fan who like always catches the baseballs? Yeah. He like he goes to the games and like he gets like twenty balls at every game right. and he keeps them or whatever. Right. You know, he he also has this giant rubber ball that's um that's like at this point it's like insanely big. Okay. That he likes put, putting rubber bands on every day for like he can't you can't carry it anymore. It's too big to be carried. Mm-hmm. It needs like a forklift. Okay. I don't know. That's just what made me think. <laughs> I think I he used to be friends with uh with uh with our own Jessica Lee's that guy. Oh, I I think I say Chester. No, that, by the way, <laughs> that guy in Chester would be a perfect match. <laughs> they could be new best friends. <laughs> that I like. You know what it is? I think like they're too similar, and they, <laughs> they would probably end up in an in like a big nerd fight. <laughs> but the there is a chance that those two guys could actually be best friends. I almost want to make a sitcom between like that that guy Zach Campbell and Chester. I feel like that could be. That could be gold. I, we might be that might be our backdoor pilot. See, I thought something. you were going to say work, that they should have a picture of that guy at the baseball games and don't let him in. Like they should have a play now for George Costanza. No, I think they don't mind him. I don't know. I don't think they mind. him. I think he like knocks guy. people over to get the ball. Uh, no? I th- he like I th- he says he doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> he got in trouble last year. He went to like the game that uh, it was like a veterans only game, and he still went. He got in a little trouble there. But yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we see George mention uh, they could go down to play now and get a rubber ball uh, there. Uh, Jerry seems concerned. He's like, you're not going to do that. Uh, And George is saying, well, if Mr. Tomasula wants to play dirty, there's nothing dirtier than a giant ball of oil. That's probably true. Right. Right. I mean, uh, George Costanza has lost his mind. No. This is insane. This is completely insane. Right. I, I mean, I, why? What, what is he even doing here? He's just trying to get back at his boss. Who George wants to is fire in the him. wrong. George lied. Yeah. Like, George should be fired. <laughs> right. He should take his six months and be thrilled. Like, that's – he. George wins with the six-month severance. Like, he got a job, you know, like lying about a, his, his condition. Like, he's evil. He should be happy to make, like, maybe even, like, $90,000 or $100,000 from – for no work and just take it and, and sit and do nothing for another year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know uh, what's gotten into George, but he's become vengeful uh, in his post-Yankee career. Yes. I guess that the uh, being a Yankee has uh, turned his heart black and evil. Yeah, it happens to a lot of people. They go to the <laughs> Yankees and they become evil. <laughs> okay. So we then uh, go back to the diner and we see Putty and Elaine and uh, they go from want to split a Reuben to nice sweater to another romp, Keeve. Yeah, just uh, there's there's a lot of montages in this uh, in or like sort of smash cuts in this episode. Right. We go from Putty and Elaine doing something to back in bed to paying Jerry money. Yeah, so that now we're at a hundred dollars. Yes, uh, easily. And then we do it again. Uh, Jerry says, uh, should we go again? Book it, witness, uh, and again. And then uh, eventually we get where Elaine needs to borrow money from Putty. Yeah, I think so. Now we're at least $200 by the end of this scene. Right. Not often a good sign when uh, this is after some sort of hookup, a woman is asking you for cash. No, not a great sign. Not ideal. Not ideal. 
Okay. Uh, Jerry shows up with a camera here at Kramerica. I mean, does Jerry has a video camera? I guess. I mean, is this I mean, from st- Does he have it still from, from bootlegging? That's my, that's my question. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so uh, he announces that he has uh, given up the voice as well. Yes, he's he's voice free. Yeah. Uh, He has the camera. He says uh, he put a six-hour tape in. That should cover uh, the experiment, the arrest, and most of your trial. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So George ends up taking Jerry to go use his uh, fancy bathroom, which he put a lock on. I mean, like, they can't, you know, get around his lock. Like, I, I feel like he's really running circles around Fidopoulos or whatever the guy's name is in this Thomas episode. Sulo, yeah. Thomas Sulo. Yeah, Jerry sees the bathroom. He says it's very nice. He says it's like Xanadu. Uh, what do you think of, like, the floor mats that George has in there? I, I mean, he really decorated it. Again, he's, like, bringing in rugs and stuff. I mean, this whole thing's insane. Yeah. He also says he's going to fix Jerry a drink. Is there, like, some sort of, a, like, a wet bar in the bathroom? There's a bar yeah it's like a pee party in there jerry's peeing Mm -hmm. yeah just today this like jerry peeing in in this in this public bathroom with george in there reminds me i i went out with my sister i took my whole family out to uh like a nice restaurant tonight and afterwards like you were doing a you know i got a bunch of little kids we're like taking them to the bathroom so i take my son i don't think i've ever taken him to the bathroom before he hasn't been toilet trained for that long Mm -hmm. and we leave the bath i take him to the bathroom we leave the bathroom and like five girls go in at once like my sisters my daughters it's a pee party and there's only one bathroom it's a really nice bathroom it's a nice restaurant but like it's 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 just like one toilet and they're just all going in together yeah and so my son is like why you know like why are they all in the bathroom together and, and like we're walking back into like the main room of the restaurant. I'm like, girls are weird. And then we start like chanting, like girls are weird. Girls are weird. And like you know, he thinks it's really funny because like they're all in the bathroom together, and we're yeah. talking about how weird girls are. And we walk into the restaurant, and my wife starts laughing. I'm like, what? I forgot to pull his pants back up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like again, I've never taken him to the bathroom once before. He's only been touched. So yeah. he walked back into this nice restaurant with like everything flapping around, like, and we're chanting "girls are weird." <laughs> right. Like, I mean, is he naked or he just doesn't have? Any yeah. Stuff? No, he is. He is naked. Like, I mean, he's he's wearing shorts and he's wearing pants, but they're totally at his ankle. Yeah, and you didn't catch that. <laughs> he's really short. Like, I, I guess I thought he would do it himself. Like, he goes to the bathroom himself most of the time. <laughs> it didn't, and he like I can't like I'm I'm much taller than him, so I'm not like looking yeah. down and noticing it. His shirt was kind of long, I guess, but like. I didn't know, and I'm sure everyone saw it. And we're like chanting "girls are weird," and, and so right. it was a whole, it was a whole thing. I'm lucky we didn't get kicked. That out is of the a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're lucky you didn't get your kid taken away. Yeah, the thing is, like, <laughs> when I do these like bad parenting things, I think it's like it ends up being to my benefit because the next time my wife will be like, "Oh, I'm taking him to the bathroom." This guy doesn't even like know to pull the kid's pants back up. Right, right. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's go back to Kramer and Darren. And uh, they're getting ready. They're going to test this ball of oil out the window. The the actual uh, test seems ill-conceived, no? Yeah, I don't exactly know what they're getting at here with the test. Yes. So I guess they feel like that this is sort of like a water balloon and it's not going to break. It's just going to bounce when they uh, throw it out the window. And so Kramer says to Darren, if you would have told me 25 years ago, someday I'd be standing here about to solve the world's energy problems, I would have said you're crazy. Now let's push this giant ball of oil out the window. <laughs> I think that's funny. I also, I wonder if you go the other way and say, like, if you would have told me 25 years ago that I would have been solving the world's energy problems, I would have said you're right. Or, like, why so long, you know? Yeah. But it's either way, it's still funny. Now, 
I thought that they're trying to save uh, maritime environments from uh, the effects of oil spills. They're going to solve the world's energy problems from this? Well, I guess if you have no oil spills, you solve the – I don't know. This is above my I mean, head. are we losing that much stuff. oil to oil spills? <laughs> right. Is that the problem? I, right. I think maybe we're mixing up two problems here. I agree. Right. If it's like if it wasn't for all the oil that we're spilling, we'd have uh, enough oil to Right. Power. The oil companies would just be richer and like thought of better. Right. They, Gas would be five cents a gallon. Right. It wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be like uh, we have like, uh, you know, cleaner fuel or something. Right. All right, and so George and Jerry, they spot Claire down there, and they also spot that the giant ball of oil is going to be dropped. Jerry starts to yell out to her, Claire, hello, 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 and she thinks that uh, he's doing the voice. She says, I'm not looking up if you're doing that voice. Yeah, they, you know, what floor are Kramer and uh, Darren on? Because Jerry and George, they have a clean shot at her. They can't be all the way up, right? They can only be a few floors up. Right. They're only a few floors And for her up. to hear them. Right. I don't think Play Now is in like some sort of like skyscraper. I think it is. Hmm. They're trying to play it as a skyscraper. I mean, they say floor 18 is I mean, in the bathroom. I mean, she'd be actually. dead at a Wait, certain point. They say the floor, the bathroom's on floor 18. Yeah. On the loudspeaker. And Kramer, hmm. I think, is like or near them or above them or something. Yeah. Maybe could there be like an an entrance that's on like uh like you know enter on one 10? side of the street, right? Yeah, it could be. Could be. Could Maybe. be enter on 10 and like the bottom nine floors Maybe. or below ground. Uh as the ball is falling, Jerry says, uh this is going to be a shame. Do you think they should have wait for the ball to hit her for Jerry to say uh that's a shame? So sort of like Well, a- it's a more of a meta thing cuz you like see the disaster happening in slow-mo. Mm-hmm. So he's like he's he's speaking in in future tense, I guess, as like a joke because normally he doesn't afterwards. Yeah, uh, Kramer says to Darren, "Well, that didn't work. How about ketchup and mustard in the same bottle?" <laughs> Again, a lot of remorse from people who may have just killed this lady. Right. Um, she must have been fine. She must have been able to uh, like walk it off. I, I don't think it was a direct hit. Do you? I mean, she sued them and won for a lot of money, like enough to bankrupt them. So I'm assuming she had some real injuries. Mm, yeah. Jerry does say in the voice uh, that you just got beaned uh, with a giant ball of oil. So, yeah, bean does imply a headshot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ketchup and a mustard in the same bottle. Is that practical? Would you want that? I mean, if they weren't touching, sure. I actually Hmm. do think that's practical. I don't know. Do you put ketchup and mustard on the same thing? Some people do. Like, you might. There are hot dog people that are ketchup, hot dog people that are mustard. Mm Mm-hmm. If it leads to even one person putting mustard on a hamburger, then it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. Yeah, you can put mustard on French fries. It's it's not as abhorrent as mustard on a, on a hamburger. Yeah, but it's it's not my thing. Mustard on French fries. Okay. I don't think you should do it. I think if you do it, you probably shouldn't listen to this podcast. All right. So then uh, we're back at the diner uh, the next day. And then uh, we end up hearing a little bit of the fallout. Claire won her lawsuit against Play Now. I don't. I mean, how long after the oil uh, incident is this? That yeah, it's crazy. This has to be a settlement. Like, why would they settle for a bankruptcy? Mm-hmm. But it has to be a settlement because it looks like it's pretty soon. Unless Jerry's still doing the joke like five years later. Yeah, maybe this is. But they're in jail. Is this after they got out of jail? Ooh, that could be. This could be like a flash forward. Yeah. Can you imagine if like nobody ever noticed that and now we're noticing now like uh, because they even say uh, Jerry says to Kramer and Darren like this is you know, you're going to need the footage for the trial. What trial? Hmm. 
Yeah. Maybe it's the Seinfeld trial. Like, who knows? Maybe. Uh, although they say Darren's going away for a long, long time. So Yeah, Darren's in jail. He took the hit for, for the uh, Cromerica Industries team. Yes. Uh, and then they go back to doing the voice. I don't think this is actually a flash forward, Keeve. Mm. Yeah. Then it has to be a really quick settlement. Yeah, really quick settlement. And a really quick... I mean, who's their lawyer that they that they were bankrupted in the settlement? Jackie I, Childs. I can only think of yeah. one. <laughs> I could only think of one person, even more inept than Jackie Childs, who would mess that up. <laughs> who? Uh, you know, AC. Yeah, you know who he is. Well, okay, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, and they start doing the voice again. And this is when I was laughing uh, at the voice when they said... Uh, uh, Claire sure looks funny uh, covered with oil like hello I just got beaned with a giant ball of oil and George says I'm as slippery as an eel la la la, 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 la. <laughs> okay and then we see Elaine and Putty and Elaine says uh, you know this is uh, the way it should be uh, we belong together and uh, Putty uh, wants to break up uh, yeah and you know this will continue the uh, season long Elaine and Putty back on back off type thing Okay, Keeve, uh, let's talk through everything from The Voice. And I guess, why don't we start with Jerry and uh, the actual voice? So you want to give grades? Yes. Now, I just want to, because this episode is The Voice, I think instead of saying grades, we should do like, are you turning around your chair or are you keeping your chair backwards? Okay, fine. The Voice style. Great. All right. So, uh, Jerry with The Voice. You know, it's a pretty iconic thing. People still doing The Voice nowadays. Um, as you said, it's not not everything in his laugh out loud funny. There's a lot of like under the radar throwing jokes here that are really funny in this episode, and and you know Jerry's got some of them. So I'm turning my chair around for Jerry's storyline. Mm, yeah, I'll turn it around too. <laughs> Is that the noise it makes? By the way, the voice. I, I'm I'm not like a regular the voice watcher. Yeah, but they go from like when there's 12 people left, they go from like 12 to 11 to 10, and then they're just like at four, and then it's over. No show in the history of the world ends more abruptly than the voice. Yeah. It's a weird show. Okay. Should we podcast that next? Should we do a rewatch of all the, the vo- voice episodes? Rewatch of all the voice? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think, right. you know, season 42 of The Voice. Like, here's a key. I, I mean, I don't think there's much of demand for that. I am surprised there is, like, no voice podcast, but I don't know. How much could you talk about singing? Hmm. Uh, probably a lot. I don't know if there's a lot of humor to be mined from that show, honestly. No, I don't think so. Uh, there's a reason why I don't podcast it. There's like six minutes of content in that show also. There's an hour, but there's like, first of all, they cut every song down to 60 seconds from, you know, four minutes. And then it's like most of the show's just describing like who's going to be on whose team. They don't give you a reason to care about who's on whose team. Like they don't give the judges like a million dollars, you know, if they pick the right winner, you know, mm-hmm. so the judges shouldn't really care. And then, like, why do the fans care who's on whose team? It doesn't really make any sense to me. Yeah. I think it's hard to podcast a singing show also. Like, like, that was a a bad song choice. Very pitchy. You just say pitchy a lot and you sound smart. that was pitchy. Uh, You know, I... uh, You say dog a lot, like Randy, and then you're good. It's it's tough. Okay. Uh, So uh, we both turn around for Jerry. What about Georgia play now? Um, Yeah, I like the idea. I mean, maybe some of the funnier stuff happened last episode. But I, I like the idea that George is relentless here. You know, it wouldn't be an A plus if we were giving it grades. 
but I'm turning my chair. I mean, in this binary, turn the chair around or don't turn the chair around, and maybe the standard for George is so high, I would not turn my chair around for this. I mean, mm, I kind of feel wow. like that play now should have been over after last week. I don't know why we spend another episode at play now. The only tie-in to the rest of the plot is that he the gives scene, Kramer yeah. the ball of oil. Uh, or the ball for oil. So I'll say I will not turn my chair around. Interesting. Okay. What about Elaine? Okay. Uh, Elaine with Putty. I think that this is probably more fun than it is funny. Yeah. But it's. I think it's the idea of like this montage. It's a little bit unusual for the show. You know, there were a few scenes here that are cut a little differently. You'd almost think if you didn't know that Seinfeld always is the same director, that someone knew was directing it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, yeah. This is probably a B story right a b b minus maybe b plus if you love it yeah it's not terrible it's not great so it's like are you turning your chair around uh i'm gonna i'm gonna like be that guy that almost buzzes at the end and then tells them how great they were afterwards but i'm not turning my chair around okay i'll turn it around just because i do like putty and i feel like this is a good sort of like microcosm of the elaine and putty relationship of yeah that's this is what sure. they do so i'm fine i'm fine with this i'll turn around for this and then what about kramer with Kramerica industries i think it's a no doubter i think the second you see darren you know calling jerry's apartment i think that's an immediate turnaround sure sure let's do it okay uh we'll turn around for that all right keith so we need your overall ranking for the voice i will say that it is at a balmy 38 wow that's very high yeah uh the the uh so you say 38 and my actual score is um much nicer i guess less nice less nice Um, what do you got less nice uh 69 69 okay there you go all right um yeah i thought it was uh gonna be a you know what it is it's not a great episode and like you say, like some of the stuff is kind of dumb. I don't love the ending, mm-hmm. but there are some like there was a few times I really cracked up watching the episode. Yeah, like there's some good jokes in here. Okay, uh, Keith, let's get into the mailbag. Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. Uh, that is our voice mailbag. And I guess we should start with Johnny DeSavera, who says, uh, what was Darren convicted of and how is Kramer able to escape punishment? Right. What what is his crime? Pushing something out the window. I read an article. I think we discussed last year or a few years ago on the show, like what happens if you drop a penny off the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. And I I read an article about stuff like that recently where like the penny wouldn't hurt someone. There are certain things that would go straight. I think a quarter maybe or like a bowl, like a small ball like would go straight through somebody's skull and kill them. It was like the penny would not even would not would not hurt them at all because okay. it slows down enough that like it, it would do nothing. But yeah, throwing something out the window, I feel like is a specific crime that's happened in New York before that they have laws for. So like throwing a dangerous object out the window is probably like, you know, what he got put in jail for. OK, but what about the Kramer versus Darren part of it? Did Kramer I think just have better Darren lawyers? is dumb enough that maybe like who physically pushes it? First of all, I think it's Darren. Right. Or did they both push it together? They, I think they do it together. I think Darren just takes the fall for Kramer and Kramer promises like him you know, a 50% cut in all future uh, income. Or I like agree. I agree. I think he tells that Darren, He's just like, loyal. Hey, yeah, I need you to take the fall for me on this one. And then, you know, you're young. Then, you know, you'll get out in, you know, uh, 10 to 20 Yeah, you'll years. do better in jail than me. I'm too fragile. Right. Uh, I'll be working on things on the outside and I'll be all ready for you to take over when I retire, when you get out. 
Mm. And Nick Darren was never seen again. Right. Uh, what about Caleb from Atlanta? Uh, other than the voice you're reading this question with, what voice impression has your wife said to never do again? I assume this question is for you. Yeah. Uh, she does not love it when I do uh, uh, Jonathan Penner impressions, but uh, we can do those here. I mean, does she like weeks. any of your impressions? No. Does she ever say like, hey, do that impression? No, not really. Uh, sometimes like if I do impressions of people from real life, uh, sometimes she likes those, but not when they're uh-huh. people she doesn't like that right. she knows in real life. Right. If there's something that she doesn't you ever... like and I can do an impression of them, she likes that. Do you have an impression of your wife that you do? No, I just do her like yelling. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you just yell. Right. I just talk like in a really mean voice and she's like, I mm. don't talk like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What does Lindsay have to okay. say, Rob? Uh, Lindsay says that uh, of all the things that happen in George's office, what would make you most likely to quit? We've already have evidence that Rob can handle a stifling office, but it would uh, something else really bug you. The sandblasting would get to me in my last office. There was construction going on continuously for the last three weeks. I was there, and if I hadn't already started leaving for a new job, I would have seriously considered leaving just to get away from the noise. All right, Keith. So if somebody wanted to scare you out of your office, what should, like, is it a bug, like a scorpion, a snake? What should they do? Yeah. Um, well... I think ghosts would probably be number one, right? That would be uh, the most creepy. Uh, bugs would be tough right, to if deal you with. Could, yes, if you could put real ghosts in Rob's office, he's out of there. I right, right. Bugs would be uh, another thing to deal with. Although I feel like that as, uh, you know, I, I've had a lot of like uh, dealing with bug duty that I've had to do as I've become a dad. So I feel like that would maybe not, would not bother me as much. Bug duty? Yeah, like uh, like people like screaming like bloody murder, and it's like ah, there's a bug in this room. Okay, yeah, I get that too. I get called out of the office all the time. Like, there's a bug. It's on the floor. It's dead. Like, if it's dead, why why is this an emergency? Yeah, but my son is actually obsessed with the bug. Like, he wants the bug. Oh yeah, if you have sons, they will like think the bug is their friend. They'll touch it, even if it has like. Real diseases, right? They'll that's probably my put in their that's mouth my if they're pet. Young enough. Yeah, this yeah, is this exactly. bug. His name is Timmy. Yes. Yeah. Boys will pick up stuff off the street, and like my son picked up like a beer bottle cap off the street, and like just put it in his mouth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, all right. What about Ariel? All right, Ariel. By the way, a lot of people. We had a lot of uh, you know mailbaggers this week that wrote in giving us suggestions for how we could mix it up in season nine. And I didn't include those because I figured, like, if we're going to use any of them, we shouldn't, you know, we don't have to talk about them. Maybe we could just spring them on people. But that was honestly the, the majority of emails this week, including Ariel's email. Okay. Ariel says, I love Scott's inclusion of musical references lately. When you do your second round of going through the series, I hope he begins including these songs from the beginning. I included Ariel's email, Rob, because... I, I'm on record that I don't listen to this podcast because I already heard it when we do it. Yes. So I had no idea until she emailed in that, that Scott has been including uh, musical, I guess, like when we mention a song, she, he's been including the song. Yes. Well, Scott is uh, very talented. And yes, he uh, will add a musical cue uh, here and there. You want to try you know, like name a song and he puts it. in. Yeah, well, that's what I'm going to do. I have like a whole list of songs. And well, let's start it off with like, uh, you know, uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Yeah, I'm like, not. I don't want to make extra work for Scott. I, I was just gonna name like 50 songs. I like a uh, new song uh, by K Flay, "Blood in the Cut." K-Flay. Put that in there. K Fabe, K Flay, not K Fabe. Okay. What about uh, Bastille? Blame by Bastille. Let's throw these in, Scott. Yeah. All right. Um, All right. Amir says, "Is this the most damage the gang's ever done in one episode?" Jared's girlfriend is seriously injured, and she should be dead from having a boil, boil, uh, bowl of oil hit her from 16 stories up. Amir is saying 16 stories. Okay. 
Kramer's young and tenacious intern is in jail for a long, long time. And PlayNow, a big successful company that has at least 18 floors, has been bankrupted. That's pretty dark even for Seinfeld. Do we know how successful PlayNow is? I mean, it seems like it's a big company. I guess so. They might have been on the way out, though. They might, Yeah, this may have been the final blow in their coffin. I mean, again, if they couldn't handle one lawsuit, they're not Walmart. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's up there. Yeah, this, was not, this is not the finest hour. I feel like this whole episode could be shown as evidence. I don't know how you'd show an episode from the fake show within the real show, but like Jerry this whole episode could be shown as... Right. Yes, Jerry did have a camera here. If they could sort of must... The, the, this episode's not in there probably because it's too recent and not famous enough, like other than the hello stuff. Right. You know, in the finale, they're trying to like give you guys who you see without having to explain it right off the right off the bat, like a you know a soup Nazi type guy or mm. Babu. I I don't know, um, you know, th- if there is much worse than than this episode in terms of the gang's total damage. He also Amir asks, couldn't Georgia just told Mister Tomasulo the truth that he recently had a terrible accident where the doctors weren't sure if he wasn't going to be able to walk again? That's true, right? Yeah, And George recovered much faster and better than he or the doctors anticipated. He's medical records to prove that. He, and I, Amir didn't say this, but he could also throw in that his fiance just died one year ago, right? Mm-hmm. I don't see why he can't explain that he did actually need the cane at the time. He just wasn't sure if he would ever get healthy. Well, I think the thing was that then Thomas Sulo saw him limping on the other side and he just explained. And then I fell down. Because I was doing, uh, I forget what what he what he slipped on. Um, oh, that he was doing a butter shave, and then uh, I was limping on the other side. It's just, and then he's also like really exposed himself as being a terrible person. Yeah, I, um, I hear you, but I I think the ship has just sailed for George and Tom Sula working it out by the time this episode starts. Okay. He should have done it at the beginning. And finally, here's Chester. Chester says that uh, Jerry and his girlfriend, who's gorgeous, by the way, the idea that she has some bloated water weight is insane. Uh, and he says that when they are in bed in the middle of the episode, uh, what time of day is it? Is it the middle of the night? Moments later, the dean of the internship calls Kramer to set up a meeting. What time is it? Right. It seems like it's dark when they're lying in bed. And I then it's more like they're... dusk. I, I would say it's like 630. Uh, I was thinking that they're in bed, but it's like, uh, a day, you know, it's, it's during the day. Right. And right. I understand why Chester wouldn't even like know that's a that's an option. <laughs> uh, Chester wants to know, after Play Now Hammers shut the door, what is George expected to do? Why does he climb through the vent? Why not hang out in the common area of the office? That would annoy the office much more. I do think like if you wanted expertise from someone who like annoys his coworkers, we're in the right we're in the right spot. They should have listened to this guy. Yeah. Also, Chester wants to know, I'd like to see the contract that George signed because it's hard for me to believe that PlayNow couldn't fire him for dropping a giant ball of oil. Yeah, Chester also I before E when you write these emails for belief. And uh, I think that the company was out of business at that point. I don't think that that was still a concern that George was still working right. there after the, bo- the oil incident. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, Chester wants to know, what kind of Manhattan office building is PlayNow? They lease enough of the building to have their name on the building. They also have windows that open. Manhattan skyscrapers do not. I didn't think about that, that Manhattan skyscrapers do I did think one day when I was on the eighth floor uh, in, in 30 Rock that I, you know, I was there for four years and I never saw a window on the whole floor. Hmm. Like there's no window in the SNL studio. There's no window... In, like, my offices, there's no window on the TV show. I never saw a window. I do think, like, maybe that eighth floor where SNL is, is like, built on. And it's, like, not really part of the building, maybe. I don't know. Oh. But I never saw one wi- one window in my entire four years there. Yeah. Okay. It's weird. All right. There you go. All right, Keeve. Uh, so let's do a hashtag. And then we have one other piece of business to discuss. 
Okay. Uh, so what is the hashtag for uh, this episode? Um, do we have any options? Nothing that stands out to me in terms of a uh, a specific phrase. Yeah. I don't know. Let's let's uh, let's keep going, and maybe something will come. Okay, to us. maybe. Okay, now, Keeve, uh, much like Elaine and Jerry, you and I had a bet a couple of weeks ago when we did a Survivor podcast of the March Mad Dogness of uh, trying to get the ultimate Survivor winner. If you lost that bet, uh, you had said that you would watch an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, and then you would answer trivia questions about that episode. Correct. And you have never seen an episode of Star Trek, and you were going to be coming in and watching any episode that we gave you. Correct. You watched the episode of Star Trek The Next Generation from Season 4, Cupid. Correct. Okay. Can you give us a synopsis of what you watched? Yeah, I think so. So and, and really I as thought, much detail, yeah. and really if you could just get into like setting up sure. like the plot of the whole show. Okay. So I thought that this was more like Shatner and the Howard Stern guy, but they're not on this one. No, well, that's the original Star Trek. This is Star so Trek. It's not like a lot of people that anyone's heard of. I think it's just oh, the, the only people. People have heard of these people. Well, I mean, the, your type of people, but the only people anyone's heard of are are Picard, right? He's Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, yes. And then LeVar Burton, people know, but he's not like major in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess Will Wheaton people know, but I just know that it's like a funny name to say. I don't know who he is in real life. He's right. Like he was in like Stand By Me, but you probably never saw that. Okay. I read the book. Yeah. Um, all right. So Picard is on a ship. One of my problems with Star Trek is like they want you to think it's this whole universe and like the ship, but the ship seems really small and there's never more than like five extras in the background of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a thousand people that work there. I would I would look, like round that down to 12 <laughs> based on the episode I saw. Well, those extras so Picard, are expensive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The South Park guys once like it used to cost them a lot of money and time to like draw, um, you know, like to animate extras. So they say like even though they're fake in the first few seasons of South Park, there's only a few people in crowd scenes because they, could, they couldn't afford, uh, you know, like the time that like the slow computers would uh, mm-hmm. animate the, the background people. Anyway, so Picard is he's like in his office and uh, some lady comes in and like it's like maybe they're up to something and then she leaves and some other lady comes in and she doesn't live on the ship. Is this ship like flying in space? Yeah. What do you think they're they like do? always moving? Are they ever like stationary in space or they're always on the move? I mean, they go on missions and then other times that they are uh, like a, like a like a orbiting a planet. Right. So this is more of like a hanky panky episode than a mission episode. Yeah. I'm not sure where it is in the episode order, but I think that they're like uh, they, they, there might be like some shore leave coming up. I don't know what that means. So, uh, so this. this I mean, that's the that- same as in real life, where you know, if you're on like yeah. a, some sort of like a like a submarine and you have shore leave, then you like are parked somewhere, and then you can go on vacation. Yeah. So this lady Vash comes in, and she appears to not be a regular on the show, right? And like she comes out of nowhere. Certain people on the show are aliens, and certain people are humans. Yeah. Okay, and Vash is a human or an alien? Uh, honestly, I don't. I don't know. She's only in like one other I, episode, I think. Yeah, she. I think she's in a few episodes. I think she's an alien, but. Because I think she could, like, like Picard can't snap his fingers and go from one place to another. I mean, he can transport from one place to another, but he can't he, he use, like, uh, magic. He can, tr- he can transport? Like, he could say, I want to be on another ship, and he could go there? No, it would have to be in uh, the vicinity of the transporter. Oh, there's a transporter? Yes. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yes. Um, but the Q guy, he can do, like, wild stuff. Right, right. So anyway, so he has an all-nighter. 
you know, similar to Lane and Putty with this Vash lady. <laughs> yeah. But then he's like a little bit uh, like regretful afterwards because I guess he's like above doing that sort of thing. There's also a reference that he has a wife. Ship. Does he have a wife? No, Picard doesn't have a wife. It's implied in the episode that he has a wife. Mm, I'd have no? to go and look at that context. Um, and so then he so like and is the, the lady who was there before um, she is into him also like one of the ladies on the ship. Dr. Crusher. Yeah. Yeah. So she Gates McFadden. She's into him. Right. And and so like it's awkward. And then so it's just like, OK, this is going to be the thing. It's going to be him and her. And then like she's really upset the whole episode that he didn't tell anybody about her. Um, doesn't like it doesn't seem too interesting to me, but like that's like the next fifteen minutes of the episode. Yeah, and then this Q guy. It seems like this Q guy comes once a season yeah. and is like the bad guy once, right. and then you don't see him till the next season. <laughs> There's yeah. also a dog man. Uh, There's a dog man a, like a uh, Chewbacca. That's a Klingon. That's war. Nah, he's a dog. Yeah. yeah, we'll call him a dog man. I think that's what. Um, I think that's uh, then, insensitive. I think that, that yeah? that's coming off a little anti Klingon. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Anyway, a little xenophobic. Um, I think. Yeah. I think if you're in outer space, you could be racist. So, um, outer spacist is that a we, is that a hashtag? I don't know. Um, if you want to be identified as uh, outer spacist? I mean, if people want me to be racist against Star Trek people, I don't care. So yeah. anyway, there's also a guy named Data. Data. Uh, Data. Um, anyway, so he has to give a big speech. The big like thing in the episode is he's like really nervous about giving an archaeology speech even though the only people who attend his speech are like the eight nerds on his ship right and like maybe two other people so i don't know why it was such a big deal maybe it was also like telecast around the world on like satellite <laughs> I so. tv or I think something it's just to his friend. so in the middle of his his nerdy speech this q guy does everyone a favor and ends the speech by like snapping his fingers and turning uh and like taking this picard guy into robin hood times yeah um, and also he's got to save Vash, who is like the ro- lady in Robin Hood. I'm not like, super knowledgeable yeah. on the on the Robin Hood mythology, but like it's pretty straightforward. Yes. So like his nerds become the um, like his merry men, Robin Hood's merry men. Is that a thing? Yeah. And 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 like he's got to get back the queen from the castle. And then they have a lot of sword fighting. And like this episode, which is supposed to be in space, is in Robin Hood land. Right. Uh, like if Picard dies here, is he dead in real life also, which is fake life? Like yeah, I think so. I don't think this is on like the like are the holodeck. stakes like he's yeah. dead if if he it's okay yeah right, so I guess the stakes are pretty high and then like she backstabbed him but I like maybe she tripled she was like a double agent but also kind of a triple agent at the mm-hmm. end I think yeah um and then so like uh, then like he gets out of Robin Hood land they kill all their men but it's not really death it's like very like do people die on the show yeah people die yeah. Yeah, but it's not like too graphic. It's more like you want to fight, and then they're just like injured and they're lying. Yeah, there. you get shot and with then like they go, lasers a lot, and then you're sort of like yeah, you get shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then so that's done, and then like there's just a bunch of scenes. It's a very slow moving episode. Then there's like a bunch of scenes with like him and Vash and the Q guy on the bed, and they keep try to kiss goodbye, and he keeps like flashing in and out, and like Vash is like he's like totally cucking Patrick Stewart. <laughs> like he's taking he's taking Vash with him. I don't get it. Like why is he allowed to take Vash? To like wherever they're going, it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think that that was just like a fling. Uh, it's like when one of Jerry's girlfriends leaves with somebody else. It's like, oh, I'll find a new girlfriend on another episode. Right. So could the hashtag be Picard got cucked, or is that not good? <laughs> I think outer spaces is probably fun. outer spaces is better. All right. So 
Uh, I mean, listen, I, I don't want to say like I understand why people like this because I actually don't understand why people like this. <laughs> it wasn't aggressively bad. It was just like maybe you didn't pick the best episode. I think you picked an episode to troll me more, more likely. <laughs> but it just it was a little too slow moving for me. Honestly. OK, yeah, this was like uh, I could have gone in the direction of a, you know, one of the more acclaimed episodes. But I did think that I, I wanted to go with something that was pretty absurd. OK, so, yeah, this was absurd. I mean, it's Robin Hood in space, but not really in space. <laughs> yeah. OK. Uh, and like this Q guy could just kill him. Like, right. The, like, there's no reason why he doesn't kill him. Like, he he could, like, be invisible, probably, and stab him with a knife. Sure, I don't know why. Sure. He, I, I mean, guess he just likes that, torturing that's, him. That's more. the what they have to deal with. It's like this guy could 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 uh, blow up the whole ship if he wanted to. So it's like we got to, like, uh, play nice with him, even though they want to tell him Does he end up off. being a good guy at the end or no? Mm, I think he sort of ends up being, uh, you know, uh, more chaotic good at times like he ends up sort of like uh he's more like a lot of times in, in, he ends up sort of in the like he's a menace to start and then by the end of the series he sort of like you know uses his uh powers to like show them like uh who's something. the big bad in the star trek the borg world. the borg are really oh the God. worst and i don't like is there like when because there's different star treks is it this different actors sometimes playing the same characters um uh, it, it, like, is has, there always a Picard on all Star Trek? No, no. That Picard okay. is only has only been played by. I, I think that maybe like it has been like a uh, like young Picard has been played by a different actor, but like uh, like in like a flashback, like seventeen year old Picard. Uh, that there in the J.J. Abrams movies that they've had different actors play the parts of like Kirk and Spock and those and those people, but they haven't done a reboot of Star Trek. Is Patrick Stewart Picard in the movies, or he's not in the movies? He that they, they did four movies for Star Trek: The Next Generation, and he is. Uh, plays Picard and all those movies. Is there um, is there also like why are they British in space? That that's not really explained. And, and he's actually French. Oh, so that's uh, okay. Yeah, they could never. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. So do you feel like you could answer some trivia questions? Yeah, I might not be good with the names, but I, I think I proved that I already watched it. But yeah, I'm happy to answer the trivia questions. Okay. Um, all right. I'll give you a couple. These were sent in to us by Vince Ham. Okay. Mm. Uh, yeah. Who. Who said the quote, I am not a merry man? Is that Robin Hood? Well, in the episode. I'm saying, oh, yeah, but like he's, his name is Robin Hood in the, in the Robin Hood world. Like right. Robin no, Hood. no, it was not Q. No, it's not Q. It's Patrick Stewart saying that about himself. No, it was Worf. It was uh, Worf. Is oh, not yeah, a merry yeah, yeah, man. yeah. I remember that line. He said, you're the oh, merry yeah, man. Worf seems like he's funny. Right. If I like, if I watch a show, I think Worf is the comedic relief. Yes. Sure. Okay. Uh, during the fight at the end, how did Doctor Crusher and Counselor Troy knock out the bad guys? Oh, I was like, oh, like <laughs> half an eye with the fight. There was a lot of fight scenes in there. Um, you they said like it was threw boring. Off a bridge. They threw uh, them off a bridge. No, they broke pots over their head. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, which character uh, was Friar Tuck in the Robin Hood? Uh, See, I don't know Friar Tuck. I'm going to say Data. Yes, that was right. Okay, I don't know. I don't know who Friar Tuck is in Robin Hood Land. So I yes, don't, but I it just figured it was someone famous. Okay, um, and uh, then uh, who said uh, very clever Wharf? Eat any good books lately? I'm going to say Q. Yeah, I think that's right. Because it's okay. mean. Yes, that is that is mean. Uh, all right. Well, I, I think that you have served your penance for losing to me in that bet. But I, this was very fun to have you uh, talk about the Star Trek. Yeah, well, I'm glad I entertained you. <laughs> um, uh, hopefully, I will never put that up to a bet again. <laughs> okay, we'll see. We'll see. Now I'm, I'm like desperate to hear you uh, recap one of the Star Wars movies. 
Listen, I, it would have to be a wild bet. Like, for me to do that, you'd have to be putting up something really, like, you really care about on the line. Okay. I don't know. All right. We'll maybe see. for your, like, uh, 40th birthday present, I'll watch a Star Trek. My Star Wars podcast movie. retirement <laughs> match, maybe. That's right. Okay. All right, Keeve. Uh, so what do you think? Uh, outer Spaces? Outer Spaces. That's the hashtag. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Uh, thanks so much to uh, Scott St. Pierre. And, and, and uh, thank you for, uh, you know, all that extra work Keeve made for you. Yeah, this was a tough one for him because we, we messed up the order a couple times. Good luck, Scott. Yes. Good luck, Scott. And, of course, thanks to Mike Moore. And then, Keeve, what's coming up next? Uh, next week, we have the Serenity Now. The Serenity Now. Frank oh, Costanza is heavily involved. We haven't seen Frank in a little while. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's, we're gonna have a good time. We got right. a bar mitzvah. We got a screen door. Looking forward to all that coming up here on the next episode of Seinfeld Post Show Recap for our only existing audience. No, no new listeners from this point on. Oh yeah, we can't plug it on the uh, on the Survivor podcast, right? Yeah, uh, no, no new listeners coming on board at that point. All right, Kiva. Anything else? Th- listen to Kiva on Thirty Two Fans. Yep. I, we, Rob may be on 32 fans soon, although we have not discussed that. Yes, I, although the we timing may have a Rob is, appearance. The timing is not great for me for uh, this uh, next this next. Oh, we may bit. we may have to. All right, we may have to wait a week or two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Well, great stuff. Thanks everybody for listening. Take care, everybody. Bye.